The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the topic of trustworthy and authoritative enterprise websites. Joining me today is Glenn Friesen, who's the lead information architect and SEO at Cal Poly, which is a renowned university in California known for its core philosophy of learn by doing. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Glenn Friesen, developing a trustworthy and authoritative enterprise website. Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Hi, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Always, always good to make another connection with Cal Poly. This is actually the school that I went to grad school in, so it always has a kind of a, a special place for me, uh, San Luis Obispo and the Cal Poly uh, school in general. So I'm happy to have you on the podcast. And really, at least from my memory, um, this will be our first podcast episode with someone on SEO that's really working inside a .edu site and also the university. So I'm really excited to have the conversation and kind of hear your perspective and experience um, within SEO. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And yeah, there is a unique perspective that comes with working in the .edu space. I had previously worked in .coms and .orgs, 
I've been with Cal Poly for about five years now, so I've uh, really come to know how .edu's and higher education um, websites kind of operate at this point. It's been a really interesting shift in thinking about how large websites are stewarded and developed. So it's, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I've listened to you guys on Spotify, and um, it's always good to uh, keep, keep up to date with what's going on in SEO all over the map. Absolutely. And for any listeners out there, if you're looking for a destination in the central coast of California, I highly recommend San Luis Obispo. Yeah, it's one of the gems of the state, but that's not our topic for today. So diving right in, I'd like to spend a little time kind of before we get to more specifically .edu, more within this lens of trustworthy, authoritative, talking within the enterprise space. So maybe to set up for the listeners, how do you think about kind of building trust and building authority within a large enterprise website? So I have been subscriber to Moz for some time. I'm, I'm sure many of us are familiar with the Moz toolbox and community and domain authority there has been a fantastic metric for me in measuring how authoritative any certain page or, or site is. Now, it is a heuristic, right? With such a term like authority or trustworthiness, it's difficult to measure. But um, SEO has been doing it for a long time with like trust rank and, uh, you know, the domain authority, um, even some of the new signals coming out around brand authority from Moz. Uh, they're very, very useful. You know, trust means that, you know, your audience believes what you have to say and will follow your direction or advice. And large organizations oftentimes have issues with like stale content, right? I guess no matter what size the organization or, or individual, stale content it never sleeps. And, you know, when that content might be time boxed or seasonal about, let's say, financial aid information, or even where, you know, a club is going to have an event, you know, things change and, and keeping stale content fresh making sure that it's accurate is critical. Also with trust, you know, with any federation of websites or federation of uh, subdomains on any domain, oftentimes different templates get released, different themes and designs. And it's amazing when uh, just how much the design of a page matters. If it looks amateurish, if it looks broken, if it looks outdated, people will suspect that it's broken, inaccurate, or outdated. So, Always keeping a, a template, you know, within a design system, keeping, you know, even things outside that template within the same design system does wonders for uh, just improving the trust of that content. Right? So you have the freshness and you have the, the design system and you have the authority with a branding strategy and with, you know, an inbound link profile from authoritative sources. So that's, that's sort of how I think about developing trust and authority with any website. It's a mix of those things. You know, so with Cal Poly, we're a higher education entity, right? We've been here for what, over 100 years. Um, our website has been around for 30. And so it's really an issue of stewardship of a large and uh, existing authority, as well as development inside that authority, right? So continued growth in the right direction. You know, with .edu, though, it's not just a singular entity running the entire web. You know, we have different colleges, different divisions, different departments, different individuals like professors and students who can upload content and can create websites. 
So um, there's also for us a issue of governance that we've been addressing and developing, allowing our federation to work, you know, better, more in lockstep so that value created in one area is shared with other areas and that sort of thing. I feel like that's an interesting facet within, you know, this topic of authority and also within in an enterprise. And I think it's worth noting to the listeners that even though these are could be elements that are universally applicable to SEO, but your your approach or factors may be different depending on that size of website that you're working with. And for most enterprises, they have some longevity to it. Yeah, maybe they don't have the 100-year tenure, the 30-year tenure that Cal Poly's domain has, but there's typically you're not you know, starting from scratch with it. And I think within the the topics of trustworthy and authority of you have like different facets. You have kind of the domain as a whole, what they're known for. You could even carve out some of those like EAT factors within it, depending on like the vertical or niche. And then also there's that trust or authority to different directories, subdirectories, subtopics that you're showing subdomains potentially in like your cases. And for me, I almost like sometimes bring in to like topical authority and like how well are we known for this area? And I think like within the contract of enterprise, like that's where you have more complexities. Like typically a smaller website, you may not be addressing as broad array of topics. So you may not have as much focus into the creating authority within a specific subject within this directory or, you know, whatnot. But you're also needing to establish that in multiple facets and multiple kind of areas. So I think it's coming coming back to to some of your points. It's interesting, like within that EDU and some of that stewardship. But I feel like you could draw some of the parallels also to just general enterprise businesses and large websites that have been around also for maybe not as long, but still you know a substantial period of time. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, no, it's very true. I also had a five-year career at uh, MindBody, the um, software organization, and, you know, they experienced very fast growth, right? 
and everyone with their best intentions when things are moving fast grows, right? Grows their space. Um, but, you know, when those spaces are on, say, different subdomains or even different, you know, languages that may not talk to each other, the garden can grow a bit wild, right? And so um, periods of, you know, curating the garden and planning its growth um, helps it to grow, you know, like, toward that vision. You know, the first, I guess the first step is really having a vision. And, you know, I'm just thinking about gardening now, talking about it. But, you know, my backyard's a mess. And, um, it, you know, my previous gardens have failed at this point. And, you know, I'm actually thinking through setting up new trellising, creating some permaculture principles into the, into the yard so that, you know, water is saved and spread out. And just by kind of reorganizing the foundation of the yard, I can help future gardens grow even better, right? And the same is kind of true with a website. As, as growth happens, you may need to even think about changing the whole foundation of it um, so that things benefit each other. You know, waste from one area turns into, you know, an input for another area. It, you know, it's important to think sy- systematically in any kind of large system or group of systems, right? So that they all talk to each other and, and share value. And, you know, even talking about like uh, subdomains, right? So uh, Cal Poly and so many other higher education or even just um, older organizations, they really have a history of subdomain proliferation, right? So whenever something new was going to be created, it was created on its own subdomain. And, you know, 10 or 20 years later, some of those have had deferred maintenance. Um, Maybe they're in a different CMS entirely. Maybe they were even custom built and the people that built them may have left. So the maintenance on, on certain systems has been deferred. And what better time than, you know, to, instead of saying fixing the parts that have been broken for a while, maybe just replace the whole thing. You know, so opportunities like that show, but should it be replaced with a new subdomain, right? Or should a new CMS be installed on that old subdomain? Maybe not. Oftentimes the content there could be republished as a subdirectory of your primary, your gateway subdomain. So let's say with our, with our news at Cal Poly. Uh, previously published on its own subdomain, calpolynews.calpoly.edu. We've consolidated that into our www site. Um, and so now the links that the news generates points to our www site, right? Um, our news is more visible and the link equity from those links, you know, benefits other things published on that subdomain. So just sort of by like reorganizing the foundation itself, you can create efficiencies and kind of crossover benefits, cross-pollination. Yeah, it's a it's a great analogy too, though, because I think a lot of times people tend to gravitate towards the like, oh, progress can only achieved by creating net new, and you know, specifically to this topic of you know authority and trustworthy, like that reorganization can actually be super impactful of creating that you know authority of whatever subject matter in a part of a site, a subdomain, wherever it may be. And I think that's something too that's more heightened at the enterprise level. And I've done a lot of projects with like enterprise websites. And yeah, naturally it's always like, okay, what new content do we need to produce? But I feel like there's always, especially at the enterprise level, that opportunity for pruning and the reorganization that can yield really positive results. Um, so I feel like that's like worth just double and downing for people. And maybe if it's someone new to working on an enterprise site, like don't forget to do that reflective analysis and, you know, really question of does stuff need to be pruned? Do we want Google crawling and indexing everything that's on here? And I think like that 
can be a really strong lever for growth, even if it's not creating something always net new. Another piece, just knowing, yeah, whether it's from my experience or just little bits on kind of like the nature of some of these uh, education sites, I have a suspicion that you've probably gone through a lot of migrations with Cal Poly. Like how is, is that appropriate assumption? What's your experience been? Is that like just a kind of a, a monthly, a quarterly reoccurrence of potential migrations from old systems, old CMS, different subdomains? Like how common is that in your space? It's pretty common, but with a nuance there where we're not technically migrating but are reproducing, right? So migration is like you take the content and you put it in a new system. It has been very intentional to have a reproduction, like an out with the old, in with the new. And this is to avoid the stale content issue. Oftentimes when you migrate, you take along with you old content, um, old information, stuff that may not need to exist on separate pages ends up again as separate pages in a new system, right? It's perfecting a broken content pattern. Right. So you, you may look for opportunities during your reproduction to, you know, consolidate, to eliminate. Everything is backed up on the archive, the Wayback Machine, right? The Internet Archive uh, and our own archives. So, you know, if we need to find historical information or if anyone does, it's available. But um, just because something was built one way doesn't mean it needs to stay that way forever. I think of this one as an analogy to moving, right? Like we've all maybe moved houses. I hope I hope we've all moved houses. I guess, you know, to those of us who haven't, you know, congratulations on that. But for those of us who've ever rented, you know, we've moved. And um, once you've moved a few times, you become sort of an expert at packing, right? <laughs> uh, you don't move stuff that you don't need, especially across country or something like that. You know, eventually you, you slim down to just the stuff that's important. And if you live in a space for a long time, stuff that's not important kind of piles up. Maybe, you know, you can look at my desk as, as evidence of that. But, um, you know, when, when you actually go through a migration, sometimes you carry with you you know, your old baggage. And that's not necessary. And so learning to let go of things, uh, learning to look at things with fresh eyes um, has been invaluable for us. But we have gone through migrations, pretty substantially sized migrations. Uh, Different divisions have handled them differently. And one migration, which has been a model, is actually from our IT department in composing their knowledge base. Right. So historically, there were a dozen or more different websites for each facet of the technology that we use. Um, Each of those websites has information for staff, students about how to use that technology, how to install it, that sort of thing, um, as well as sort of FAQ pages. Um, All of that has been moved into a knowledge base consolidated across like a dozen subdomains of related but not hyperlinked information into one really coherent place. It wasn't what I expected uh, they would do, and they did a fantastic job all around. I mean, as a user of these uh, tools on campus, it's easy to solve problems now, whereas before we could use it as an excuse. (laughs) So, you know, with consolidation, though, of our front end, we've done that, too. And and some migration has been part of that. Uh, Like I said, we moved our news site over from its own subdomain to um, a subfolder of our gateway. And, you know, that involved migrating, like, historic news content. And, in, you know, what I would say in each one of these migrations, one of the most critical parts has been redirection, redirection of the legacy links, maintaining that link equity, maintaining any user bases that may still have those pages bookmarked. It's been critically important to us. You know, again, with a legacy site or any large enterprise, you have very important people 
who've been using it a long time. And when their links autocomplete to a destination that's no longer there, or maybe some of your marketing or admissions materials points to pages that are no longer there, um, you don't want to serve someone a brick wall, right? You want to you want to get them where they're going, just like uh, mail forwarding. You know, you don't want your bills going to your old address unless you don't want to be found. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think coming back to this authority and stuff, I agree with your point. Like, and I mean, you're kind of saying it within the lens of like, like the redirects if you're moving something, but the general kind of like internal linking structure architecture within these enterprise sites can also do so much more beyond just user navigation or like, hey, we're sending more signals to it. Like it can really help establish sometimes that authority that even if you have some of the best content, having those different independent pieces tie into each other and kind of establishing that like, yeah, within this facet, within this section of the domain, it's about X, Y, and Z. And then having the linking with those individual pieces can be really be such a additional kind of fuel to help improve authority in that sense. Before kind of we close out on this episode, any other last recommendations or tips you would give to other SEOs that are working on improving trustworthiness and authoritativeness within an enterprise? Yeah, uh, be human and show your visitors that you're a human. You know, the models that Google is creating or Bing or anyone else are models of human behavior, right? The, you know, remote observation from machines means they have to, you know, only observe what they can. But humans can see through much more than algorithms can detect, right? There's a human element, right? Let's say that we're talking about the humidity and the rainfall here in California or in San Francisco, we're talking about how much it rains and how cold it is, you know, that paints one picture. But then when you interview, you know, let's say a homeless man living there on the street, he's going to give you a different story about the actual experience, right? There's, there's more to any data point from a human perspective than models can yet capture. Although the singularity is near and maybe the, uh, the AIs will uh, become human after all, right? We're, we're looking for data to get a sense of humor. Uh, and that did happen in the in the Star Trek narrative. So, hey, it may happen uh, here pretty soon for us all. But in the meantime, you know, we're talking to people. You know, we can keep in mind things like, you know, EEAT, right, and showing the author bio. That also helps people. And so making, making things um, human-friendly and usable, this is the goal. And the performance in search and that sort of thing is, is a byproduct of our, of our road to that goal, right? Absolutely. So there's my humanist, my humanist perspective. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's always, it's always a good reminder. And, and I agree. It's like, yeah, we're getting closer to that. It'll keep moving quicker, but there's still quite a bit of, you know, hurdles and challenges to be had on that. And directionally as a North star, and I think even beyond the tactical level, like it's, it's something that I often echo to the clients that we're working with, whether it's, you know, within resourcing, within kind of education and enablement around SEO or even consulting clients is bringing back that into the practice. And so I think in this lens, there is a 
tactical advantage to it. But then there's always the intangible aspects that it can bring to to a business. So I think, yeah, 100%, it's absolutely something that should be in the forefront of how we're thinking about different initiatives, different improvements, different changes. It always needs to be on the top of the list of kind of like how we look at making the changes. Care about your users. And remember, bots are also users. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Glenn Friesen, lead information architect and SEO at Cal Poly for joining us. In part two of this interview, which will be published tomorrow, Glenn and I are going to continue the conversation, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the world of .edu. If you can't wait until the next episode and you'd like to learn more about Glenn, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes or visit his company's website at calpoly.edu. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 